Hello, welcome to Launchpad episode 16. This is the Launchpad team podcast and I'm Matthew Ravel. Over the next few minutes I'll be talking to a couple of my colleagues about what's new in Launchpad 2.2.1. So we'll be starting off by talking to Henning Eggers in Germany about the changes in Launchpad translations and then we'll be speaking to Celso Provedello in Brazil about what's new in PPAs including uh, news of an exciting upcoming new feature multiple PPAs. So let's get on with it and talk to Henning. Henning Eggers, welcome to the Launchpad podcast. I think this is the first time you've been a guest on the podcast, is it? Yeah, that's true. It's the first time for me and I'm happy to do that. Great. So where, where are you speaking to us from? I'm speaking from Pinneberg. That's a town near Hamburg in Germany. Yeah. So that's, that's northern Germany, is it? It's northern Germany, yeah. we're. Um, it's all flat country here, no no Alps or mountains in the, uh, near by it's the North Sea and just England across the water. Ah, so we're not that far apart. <laughs> not that far, no. <laughs> um, okay, so in Launchpad 2.2.1, you worked on two fairly major features, um, one of which I think will be mostly of interest to to projects who whose software is in Ubuntu as a package and is translated in Ubuntu but they have their own translation, their own upstream translation effort elsewhere, outside of Launchpad. Um, and that's partial PO exports. So give us an introduction to, to what that's all about. Okay, so um, as, as we're saying, um, there are many packages in Ubuntu which are also, um, which are also on, on, you can also find on Launchpad, um, which are in there just because they are packaged with Ubuntu and we they're also on translations because we have the chance to um, adapt those translations as we need for Ubuntu or make quick fixes uh, that we'd like to uh, have to improve the Ubuntu translations if there is something we find from the upstream. Now most of the um, projects have their own translation efforts upstream so it's um, like there is a GNOME and uh, and KDE they have their their translation efforts and that's good there's a lot of people working on that making the translations and we don't uh, want to uh, do extra work or, um, or or change that. It's just that sometimes little things need to be adapted, and that's why you can do that in, in Launchpad. Um, there have been uh, in the past uh, complaints about these uh, tr translations not making its way back into into the upstream, and therefore the translations in Ubuntu the or the yeah the translations in Ubuntu stay different from what is upstream or from what the upstream uh, translators ha have made or corrected or done. And um, we as, as Launchpad team so um, are also expected these translations to be in some way be uh, provided back upstream to so, so they actually end up uh, so they actually upstream and Launchpad will eventually have the same uh, translations uh, again. But that seemed to that seemed to be a problem in, in doing that, and so what, what we provided now is to actually export those translations that were changed in Launchpad to make it easy uh, for either for the upstream project or for the um, maintainer of the Ubuntu package to um, provide those back upstream and, and merge them with the existing translations in the upstream uh, project. So that's what, what what this is for. It's 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 to help to help doing that. Um, so. If I'm 
imagine that I run an upstream project who trans- handles translations, you know, perhaps using PoEdit and doing basically manual translations outside of Launchpad. Um, how would I take one of these partial PO files and actually make use of it? Yeah, that's see we um, that's that's actually something that actually has also been uh, this uh, I've asked uh, um, after I posted a blog entry on this um, on on news.launchpad.net. Um, so what's what's the, the workflow for that? And the thing is, we don't uh, impose a workflow here. We, we just like to pro- uh, provide um, an easy way to to filter out those messages, have them. In, in, a, in the right format to combine them in, in, into the old, into the old PO, uh, PO file. Um, that step is, uh, is is really up up to the um, uh, upstream how, or how to yeah how how they do that how they how, how they work it in, in, into into their file. Um, I've been asked why we don't simply provide patches for, for those. We have yeah we have a few problems because we are not really keeping the old files. So we couldn't provide patches. So it really is up to the um, upstream to 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 do that because we don't want to impose a a, a a special tool or something that they uh, they would have to use to 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 do that. So so I simply what I do is I I take the the PO file as it is now upstream, like um, uh, what what's found in their repository, and and pick out those those change translate those messages messages have been translated. And, and update them from the uh, partial PO file that I've received from Launchpad. So what the 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 base assumption here is that those are only few, and they are not. Uh, it's not not like half of half of the file because those can co- easily contain a few hundred uh, or even more messages, uh, uh, strings, which would be very hard to do manually. So 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 in that case, you'd have to go to some merge tools or something. But in general, these are just just a few strings that need to be uh, adapted from the upstream. Uh, that should be done manually. Also, in Launchpad 2.2.1, you you introduce a new feature, um, which is quite simple, really. Uh, but I think we'll have make it a lot easier for projects and translation teams to to achieve consistent translations. Um, and that was translation style guide links. Um, so now when you're translating a page, um, you'll see a link to a style guide if the relevant translation team has decided to set one. Um, why was that important to introduce? Yeah, and that, that's it's very important. Um, for, uh, it's, it's, a, it's important to help translation teams to organize their work. So... Uh, Launchpad has uh, has the the great advantage of, of having many many users from from many different um, languages that are able to to help uh, open source trans, uh, open source projects be translated. Um, but uh, not all of these uh, are um, experienced as experienced translators, or and also may have different. Uh, opinions on how to translate certain uh, certain terms or um, what what the style is, and so the um, translator the um, can set certain guidelines on, on on how translation should be done. Can uh, publish um, uh, lists of terms uh, how the standard translations would be for for those terms from English into whatever language that is, so that anybody 
coming to a project wanting to, to help translate on, on Launchpad can uh, can go go onto that page and see okay what guidelines should I go by to do translations which are consistent with uh, what everybody else is doing on this project and and in the end provide a provide a good translation because there isn't always one right translation to some things there may be different choices and the guidelines can help you make the right choice there about the translation uh, I imagine we'll see various creative uses of that over the next few weeks as as translation teams get used to to that and I think you're actually going to expand that as well so that translation groups will be able to set a translation group wide style guide is that right that is actually already in there only this is not yet displayed this the the link to the style guide so, so actually translation group owners can already set this link and probably within the next release um, that will also appear on the translation pages um, also the the current um, link to the um, style guide for the uh, translation team is found it's, it's, not, it's not very prominent on, on the on the page and really it should be because we want uh, uh, yeah passing by translators to 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 be be become aware easily um, that there is such a translation guide and they should read it before starting to translate so we will find a, a more prominent place for those two links so the one for the um, translation group and the one for the, for the translation team for this specific language um, at the top of the translation of the translate page so that anybody coming by should stumble onto that and read that first before starting translations on that project and that should be in very soon cool well well thanks very much for your time Henning it's been great talking to you um, perhaps have you on another podcast in the future yes yeah, certainly it was fun for me too thank great. you thanks a lot then Okay, Celso, welcome to LaunchPod. Now, one of the big features that we introduced in LaunchPad 2.2.1 was signed PPAs, and it's something that you guys had been working on for a while. Basically, every PPA in LaunchPad now has its own uh, key. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so so why, why are we now signing PPAs? Well, we decided to sign PPA because... Well, it's the only well-known and good way to authenticate packages in Debian-like repositories, like the Ubuntu one. So we want to guarantee that our users are downloading stuff that was built by Launchpad. Right. Okay. So, so what happens now then um, that was different before? If if I'm a, if I'm someone who wants to use a PPA, what's different? Well, now in order to use a PPA, instead before you only have to add that services list entry to your system, either by editing, editing the file or using the, the ser software services UI application. Now, additionally to do that, you also have to enable the corresponding signing key so apt can accept and authenticate users from that specific repository. And, and that's very easy to do, isn't it? We've, we've put a screencast on news.launchpad.net that shows you how to do that. So No, not at all. It, it, simple steps to enable the key once you understand that the key is important to so you can guarantee that the packages you are installing are exactly what you think you are installing that's a small trade-off you know like you just have to enable the key users are not habituated to that because usually in ubuntu we only use a single repository which is the official ubuntu repository and the key is already distributed with the installation 
the Ubuntu official repository uses exactly the same me mechanism to authenticate packets. So why don't PPAs just use the Ubuntu key? Well, because th there is there is a very big distance between the level of support that the Ubuntu community provides for the Ubuntu package and the level of support, of support provided for PPA package. I think we want to keep that distance, that differentiation between those different domains of package. We do not endorse by any means, or at least the Ubuntu community, nor Launchpad community, endorse by any mean, means the, the package that were built in a PPA context. So any right. user using a PPA should rely on the user and check user's reference, careful check the source package, because that's the main advantage. I think that we are not that clear about that. The main advantage of PPA is not that the binaries are good for installing any computer or every user should look for a package in a PPA. The only guarantee that PPAs provide is that services uploaded to Launchpad have resulted in the binaries that are distributed. So if, if you are curious or if you want to audit any binary package before installing, that's what PPA guarantees, that you can look to the source and say, okay, I can install this binary because I'm 100% sure that it was built from that source. We keep those references clear and we build in a very pristine environment. So that's the advantage that you have. Now with signing keys, you have another big advantage that we can guarantee that the packets, we, we are not um, exposed to man-in-the-middle attacks or DNS poisoning or anything like that. There were two other things that we recently emailed PPA owners about, which I'd just like to talk about briefly. One is just a bit of housekeeping, really, in that we were now, if someone deletes a package from their PPA, we're going to delete it after 30 days from our servers, which, you know, isn't really a big deal because if someone's chosen to delete it, then you can assume that they don't want it. But the one I wanted, the thing I wanted to talk about was um, the, the change that we'll be making to PPA paths. We have included one preparatory change for multiple PPAs. That That's one of the, the most wanted features that we have in this last two months. So people want to be able, having a single team, they want to be able to have multiple PPAs for different purposes. Like they want to have the development one and I don't know, they stable one for Hardy, they stable one for other distribution, whatever. Uh, that That's a use case for project-related PPAs. For instance, the BZR PPA. So you can clearly see that they have a very active development community, which changed the repository a lot, uploading new packets, building BZR snapshots every night, and things like that. So most of the users that are interested in this level of um, unstable packets, they should be directed to a specific repository, which is the development repository. But the vast majority of BZR users or any other specific projects would benefit of having a more stable repository. That's why we're investing time to allow the same team to have multiple PPAs. So the change that we've just added in Launchpad to, to one. Um, it's a, a preparation to that. So 
all the full PPAs, all single PPAs that we have right now, they are named PPA. So that's that's why we have this new part in the PPA path. For most of the users, most of the users didn't feel any difference because we are keeping the compatibility link and references to the old repository location. So everyone accessing the old repository location will be fine. It will be redirected to to the current repository. For, forever or, or just for a little while? Well, originally we have a plan to keep it only for a, a two or two, three releases in a sense that it would be gone. But most of the users are urging for us to keep that forever. And it, it's not a problem for us. We can keep that forever. There will be a lot of other preparatory changes in order to have the, the complete feature, multiple PPA feature. We will be introducing them slowly and trying to not disturb the workflow of the current users. So, so it's not something we'll be introducing straight away. It, it, it's a little while off yet. We've got to wait. Yeah, maybe two or, or, or three releases to get the complete feature in place without disturbing the current workflow because that's what we are most concerned. We already have like 2,000 very active PPAs, people uploading packages every five minutes, uh, and we don't want to disturb our users. Cool. Okay, well, Celso, thanks very much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to LaunchPod episode 16. If there's anything you'd like to hear in a future episode, such as an interview or a how-to or anything like that, then do get in touch. It's feedback at launchpad.net. But for now, thanks very much and goodbye. Mm-hmm.